0: let go Blake. Black Wait Wexler Wait 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 Blake. Wait Wait Wexler Wait 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 Blake. Blake Wexler Black Black Blake. Blake. Wesler Blake Wesler. It is. Lakes takes for God's sakes. Oh God! It's a podcast that comes out every single Wednesday. I'm recording this little boy on Monday, April third, twenty eleven. Is when I'm doing this. So who knows? If I did do that, I would imagine my voice. I think my voice has gotten deeper since then. I'm out of breath. I'm gonna be honest. I am right now. Everybody, I am recording this from a ski town. In gorgeous Colorado, I am in Vail, Colorado currently, and I am feeling the altitude. It's weird. I didn't feel it the first day. I didn't. I felt it a little bit. If you don't know, oh, <laughs> Blake. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Blake. Are we boring you? Um, if you don't know about altitude and how it affects you, I'll tell you. So when you go to a place. Do you believe in a thing called love? (laughs) When you go to a place with high altitude, uh, these are some of the symptoms that you get Um, headache. You also, this is a big one. Your alcoholic beverages count for way more than they usually do. Does that make sense? So if you have one alcoholic beverage in high altitude, it counts as like two and a half, basically. So you get drunker quicker. And also, you run out of breath a lot faster in a high altitude setting. So that's kind of what I have a little bit of a headache right now. And I am like kind of running out of breath a little bit. And I went skiing yesterday, which was a lot of fun. So that was fine. But like walking up like the stairs, for instance, you you just run out of breath pretty easily. Um, And the first time I. Became familiar with this was when I was in college. I did the Rooftop Aspen Comedy Festival, where it was uh, essentially a bunch of college students. I- I've talked about this a million times on here, but a bunch of college students competed in a stand up comedy competition. And my school, Emerson College, got to the finals and we went up against University. Uh, oh, I think, you know, we went up against Xavier. University of Minnesota. And then what was the fourth? What was the fourth school, everybody? Wasn't NYU. Was it like a California school? California. California. Here we come. So that's what's up. That's 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 what's in. And I remember one thing that they warned us when we got there. First was the alcohol thing. The festival warned us, and then also they had oxygen tanks backstage, which would uh, because you would exhaust yourself. And I remember Zach Sherwin, who is an incredibly funny comedian, and were uh, he also at the time was a comedic rapper. Uh, who performed under the name mc mr napkins and he was so high energy he almost like passed out on stage like he had to hit he really had to hit the oxygen hard brother after a set it was crazy and that being said in incredible shape i remember uh, this is a very funny it's a weird aside but when i moved to la i knew zach sherwin from boston when i was going to school there so we were like oh let's hang out and he was like let's go on a hike together and i remember we started to go on a hike and i was so out of shape he just started power walking like up the hill which is what i that is how you get an exercise when you hike like that's how i hiked once i got into shape years later but i just remember being like i did not sign up for this this is this is two men on the on a different page and that's the name of my new show where it's a, it's a political show where we have one person from the right, one person from the left, and it's called Two Men Who Can't Be More or Less on the Less on the Same Page. That is what the show is called. and it's We don't have a network yet. We don't even have um, a PA that will work on this. We don't even have assistants. We, we, no assistant. Nobody wants to work anymore. And I think we can all agree upon that but yeah i'm feeling and here, here's some other symptoms of altitude sickness people just rip ass constantly everyone is farting non-stop i don't know what that is it's just non-stop farting and shitting and that is uh that's what that's alcohol sickness that's when you're affected by i'm sorry that's altitude sickness which can very quickly turn into alcohol sickness if you are not careful now before I move on, again, I am I'm recording this on April 3rd, 2023, year of our Lord. I want to thank everybody who came out to the low T last Wednesday, nigh a week ago. Paul, Frankie, James, Marissa, Pete, and am I missing someone? I feel like I'm missing someone. So I thought there were like six people there. It was a great time. And if you don't know what a low T is, we hung out. And I was able to get your takes on various things. Um, I was able to get the Patron's Take. The Patron's Take. That's, that's the name of my new newsletter that I'm sending out. It's called the Patron's Take. And it's all op-eds. God, remember the op-ed? They're still around, Blake. What is that? I got everybody's take on the most notable landmark slash tourist attraction in their hometown. And Pete Phillips, his was... Uh, there was a plaque for where HBO started, I believe, which I should have asked a follow-up question, where, which would have been, what does that entail exactly? What does HBO starting entail? Was it where someone the home box office popped into someone's head was it in that square hmm? or was it something else was it something else entirely that's my question there's another uh, favorite pizza place um james had a uh, gumby's pizza which i believe is a florida regional chain which does rip off the name and likeness and the horse most importantly from Gumby. The I almost called it a cartoon. What would you call it? A clay? Claymation Spectacular? That's what I would call it. That's what I've been calling it at least for the past forty-eight years. So or maybe was it called Pokies? No, it was Pokey Sticks. Where it was a type of cheesy bread. Frankie made a fantastic jingle. It's all it's all coming together everybody. So that, thank you to everybody who did that low T. We will be doing another one soon. And let's get back let's get back to this motion actually I guess it's not even motion sickness. I want to talk about this. Okay. I So if you haven't been following the news, the uh Elon Muskinson is going to be getting the uh Muskegee Air Bitch um Elon Muskinson is going to be getting rid of the blue check for people who don't subscribe to a blue check on Twitter. I have a very... This is going to be a quasi-vulnerable take that I'm going to be giving. I don't even know if it's going to be a take. It's going to be more thoughts of how I feel about this because it's not cool. These are not cool things about myself that I'm about to talk about where if you don't know about the Twitter blue check... It was introduced, I don't know if early on is the right phrase, but it was introduced to separate notable accounts from non-notable accounts, which is already makes you feel kind of dirty, that what constitutes a notable account, where it's not follower total, total, you know, where you could have someone with 2,000 followers, they have a blue check, and then you have someone with... Twenty thousand followers, and they don't have one. You know what I mean? So that's already kind of strange. Where oh, does this make you? It's a it literally is just a status symbol, is what it is. And I wanted one, so I submitted for one years and years and years ago, and got one. Even though there's a million comedians more f- notable than I am, but I I got the blue check. And it made me feel good. And I do think in my mind – no, here's here's what I think. I think it helped legitimize my account where when I would blah, 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 like follow someone or like a comedy club would look. It's like, oh, Blake has a blue check. That must mean something. And I wonder why having a blue check matters slash mattered slash matters slash mattered slash matters to me. And I do, so let's I'm going to explore this with you right now. One is pr- like let's try to find the practical reason. The practical is what I just said is that in my business, the funny business, you no know, in the entertainment business, status and cachet and clout and all that trash is important. It shouldn't be. It's disgusting, but it is important follower total for instance if you have a bunch of followers that makes it easier for you to get work which makes it easier for you to make money which makes your life easier so to have this cachet stuff is important for work where the where it should not stretch to is to have a blue check mark or an equivalent of that should not affect your own self worth. Does that does that make sense? Either way, where if you have a blue check mark, you shouldn't feel like your yourself is better than other selves, and if you don't have one, you shouldn't feel like you're less than. So here, so that was the situation for years until I believe this month, Elon Musk. well, actually, he he's been doing this for a while, but so uh, I would say a few months ago. Elon Musk rolled out the blue check as a paid subscription where I think, what is it like $14 a month or something? Or is it seven? 11 It's, it's either seven, 11 or $14 a month. You get to have a blue check next to your name. And it's not, has nothing to do with whether your account's notable or not. It's whether or not you pay for it. And I believe the benefits is that you get access to better analytics, I believe, with your account and you can your like replies and whatnot get like so if I was to excuse me, hold on one sec, if I was to reply to a tweet from like the New York Times or something, my reply would get, if I subscribe to Elon Musk's Twitter blue to his uh, his his checkmark, then I would get – my reply would be shot to the top of the list, whereas someone who doesn't pay for a blue checkmark, their reply would get lost behind all the paid blue checkmark replies. So there is something kind of practical there, I guess, where if – your responses or your tweets being seen easier matters to you like for your life and for your career that is a tangible benefit of having one of those however in terms of a notable or verified account, it doesn't help anyone else where now it's just a thing that you can buy you know what i mean it'd be like oh like i'm i have prestige because i bought this Phillies hat and it's like Well, anyone can buy, if you have 25 bucks, you can buy this Phillies hat, you know? Whereas before, it was, oh, only players on the team could wear the Phillies hat. Does that make sense? That was actually an amazing analogy that I fell ass-backward into. Isn't ass-backward just such a good term, right? So I flash forward to now, to April 2023, UFR of Elon Musk and Twitter are going to be taking away the blue check mark from legacy verified accounts like my own. So, the only way that you can have a blue check mark is if you pay for it. And for some reason, so now let's get into the psychology of this. Before I was, this is sick, and I'm actually kind of ashamed of this. I was, uh, it's so hard to even say proud. I was proud that I had a blue check mark next to my name because it f- it felt like an accomplishment to me. Does that make sense? Where I, it, when you're when in my career, there's various benchmarks of success that are kind of and, and it's not that clear, if that makes sense, or it's not that distinguishable compared to other careers where I think with certain jobs, it's I am a vice president. That is a tan. Okay. I know what a vice president is. I know what a senior vice president is. I know what a CFO is. I know what a CEO is. I know what a COO is. I know what a CTO is. I know what what they all are. I'm a manager, uh, a director, a captain, a sergeant, a general. I think that's I'm varsity I'm junior varsity whereas I think in my career for me it's like oh I am a headliner you know but it's like what type are you headlining what how many seat rooms are you headlining a 50 seat room 250 500 15000 70000 it's it's hard to it's to have benchmarks of success is a little more amorphous i think in my in my field but that blue check mark for some reason oh oh and, and then by by benchmarks i think success is also a odd thing where what what really what means success in general it's happiness right and Probably how much money you make, to be completely honest. So, those are not really tangible things because happiness, you, you don't get a, a, a like a blue, like I don't walk around with like a badge that like saying I'm happy, you know, mostly because I'm clinically depressed. No, um, because that just doesn't exist. It's not a tangible thing. And then money, it's hard, you can't really tell. It's easy actually to hide that how much money you make. Well, not easy, but you can. Where it, you could spend all your money on a nice watch, but still live in, like, relative squalor or something. Or, or you can have, a, like, a few nice outfits that you can wear and stuff. You know what I mean? Whereas, and it's the same thing with happiness, where I think that's all, maybe that's kind of getting back to the social media of it all. Posting on, oh good, good. Posting on social media is just all, I'm repeating something that's been said 18 billion times but it is just posting the best version of your life it's like an unrealistic version of life so i think that because career-wise you can't just in your twitter bio say hey i make a hundred twenty thousand dollars a year i make half a million dollars a year people what if people did do that and here's another thing, and I think I, I talked about this is a little bit of a tangent, God forbid, but I believe I talked about this on my well, a Patreon episode of how important it is to talk about how much you get paid for things. Because I know talking about money, money is a gauche kind of taboo subject to just talk about in general, obviously, where... You don't want to go up to because it makes people jealous or it makes people judge you. Where if you make a lot of money, that can create problems also, where people might ask you for money. People might, you know, not offer to pay for the bill at dinner, even though it is fair to split the bill. Where, and the other way, if you don't make a lot of money, people could look down on you or like feel sorry for you, where in reality, you actually are incredibly happy, despite, you know, that's not the be all end all. So I, I do understand why talking about how much money you make is a taboo subject. However, I think there's a lot of circumstances where it's actually very, very helpful to talk about how much money people make or how much money you make. You know what I mean? Where with stand-up, for instance, or like comedy, I, I know I keep going back to comedy, but that's the world that I live in. It's, hey, how much did you get paid for that show? is something if if you're in, if you're a standup comedian listening to this, you should tell people if they ask how much money you made for a show. And you should ask others or feel comfortable asking, Hey, how much did you get paid for that in a respectful, obvious, like obviously respectful way, because that is the only way to ensure that these people aren't fucking you over. You know what I mean? Because if you don't, if not if everybody's not on the same page where like people can screw you out of money if you don't talk about it if you don't know what you're worth and you might screw yourself out of money too because you might lowball asking for like money for a gig or something whereas it's one of the strangest things where it's it's very rare that there is a price stru- a known price structure in place for gigs for comedy clubs there is and th- there's one price structure in place that is, that is wildly available. And it's that feature acts. And if you don't know up, there's uh, if there's a three person show that you're watching, which tr- tends to be the type of show that you would go see at a comedy club, there's a host slash MC who goes up and does like 15 minutes at the beginning and they make like f- 25 to $50 a show. And then there's the feature act who goes in the middle, the middle act. They make $100. And then the headliner it depends on what deal they have with the comedy club. So the feature act pay $100 a show. So if you do five shows in a week, that's $500. And it doesn't include travel. It doesn't include lodging. So, And that hasn't changed since like the 1980s, which is disgusting. It's insane. Like how do people make money? How do you make money? We're taking calls. You're listening to 88.8, the Thrive. Um, so, yeah, I just feel like with comedians, where if you do a gig and it's like, hey, how much did that guy pay you? Okay, cool. I know how much of this person compared to me, like where I'm at in my career, got paid. So knowing that it is feasible that I should make X amount more or X amount less and if they offer you something way different, you know, they're screwing you. So anyway, I I think that that's a, it's a thing that people should do more often, not in a, never in a braggy way, never in a judging way, but in a helpful way. I think it does. I think it is very helpful to talk about money in that way. Anyway, back to, back to the check mark. (laughs) So, now, the, Blue check marks in general, because like Meta and Facebook and Instagram like rolled out blue check marks as well. So it's not just on Twizzler; it's on Fizzle fazzle and Igloo, Igloo gums, and they rolled out these check marks, which again is supposed to show. Oh, this is a notable account, but now Meta and Facebook are taking away, or they're making blue check marks a subscription-based thing. And you don't really get any benefit from it. Like, it's an increased verification, but, you know, who gives a shit, really? Like, you can set up two-factor authentication. Uh, and you know what? Let me actually backtrack on something I said with Twitter. I said, that like, oh, your comments go to the top, and, like, your you get advanced analytics. You kind of don't, and who cares about the comment thing? Like, it's still... It kind of doesn't matter. So I just said those as benefits. They really aren't. So where we're at now is Twitter and Facebook has realized people want to have this status symbol so much that they'll pay for it. And they're, the way it's being introduced is under the veil of, oh, it's increased verification but it's really not like you can have the same level of account security with these companies without paying for that check like there's um third party like google authenticator and then i think microsoft has one too where you can use a third fart like third party app to make your account more secure and, and you don't need a blue check mark to do that so they're saying, oh, hey, like you get to be verified, which means your account is more secure. And then there's fringe small benefits that aren't really benefits. So, what are you really paying for if you pay $15 a month for a blue check mark? And what you're paying for now is status. It's the only reason to buy one. Seriously, it's the only reason to have a blue check mark now is for status and in a and while achieving that you're taking away status and I'm 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 saying stat I'm using status in quotes right now. By making it available available to Ed uh by making it available to Ed, the horse, Mr Ed, who I believe was a talking horse. A horse of course Listen to this. I am Mr. What is this? You ever hear of a talking... Oh, fuck. What is that rhyme? It truly does not matter. Now, you're paying for... If you're paying for a blue check, you're really paying for it because it's a status thing. However, now it's no longer a status thing because everyone can buy it. So, what, what happens next, everybody? I believe for i think this is going to affect twitter a lot more is that what elon musk is also trying to do i i it comes it all comes from driving revenue the the way that he's which is not a bad idea it's just the way he's gone about it like most things it was just like incredibly misguided and like stupid and weird but does it make sense that you should have to pay for a social media app to use it yes it does make sense. It makes sense, but to do it underneath the because tr- it's a trick, really. To do it underneath the trick of a blue check mark is weird, you know. Where it's like, why do I have to know if you pay for the service, right? You can say like, hey, can I just pay for this because I actually want like better like better security for me. Quote unquote, better security is worth $14 a month. And here's another thing Twitter's doing is that they're getting rid of the for you, or like based off, like people I'm following. You know how on the app it says, like, I think it's for, actually, I can just look it up right now because my phone is never further than two inches away from me. Let me pull this up. Okay, so you have following and for you. So for you is like they can just shove stupid things into your face like you know like they just be like uh it's not necessarily people that you chose to follow does that make sense whereas following is the people that you chose to follow it is like a thing that you curated for yourself and they're getting rid of that option with the with Twitter is now unless you pay for it so if you don't pay for Twitter now they can just shove anything in your face in addition to the people that you follow. So, I forget where I was going with that. But but my point is, what are you paying for? Like, what is worth that to use the app? So, or, or I'm sorry, to pay for it. And I don't know. Like, I, I think what's going to happen with Twitter is that it's going to to have a free account. It's going to be so... Unuser friendly or user-unfriendly that it's just going to be like alright, am I missing enough here with Twitter that I feel like paying for it so I can still have it? Or is it going to be, this is this app is now such a pain in the ass to the point where I, there's no reason to use it anymore and people get rid of it. And I think it's going to be split pretty evenly. How about that for me going out on a limb, huh? Yeah, I think it's going to be 50-50. And then with Facebook and Instagram, I think because the blue check mark was not a such a big part of the fabric of those apps, people are gonna be less inclined to pay for a blue check mark. Zuckerberg. And those are my thoughts on the blue check mark. Fascinating, huh? Truly, truly fascinating. Folks, you're listening to Blake's takes for God's sakes. I'm gonna take a quick break. I don't know what I'm gonna talk about next, but good god am I gonna figure it out. Oh. You know what? I do know. And I will share with you what that is in five, four, three, two, one. Hot tubs. hot tub welcome to the hot tub section of the podcast so i hope uh that previous blue check shit was remotely interesting to you i want to talk about the hot tubs and i have mixed martial arts sorry mixed feelings on these things where the idea of a hot tub is i would say unobjectionable right you have a thing that is there's something like sexy about it right you know like a pool anyone can go in a any dis, anyone can just go in a pool right any age old young 20 year olds can go in pools but a hot tub there's something about it that's like this is exclusive this is exclusive right and it's it's not just a body of water, right? Like, there's science in it. There's science to heat the thing up. And I want to bring... Here's a take. Bubbles, jets, or no jets? Now, I would imagine many of my listeners would be on the... Or, or big testiverties in this way. And by that, I mean jets. Where I am more of an eli manning a no jet where in general i kind of just like sitting in still hot water however i do see the appeal of the jets and the bubbles right some people like to sit on the jets because they like the way it feels on them some people like to just spread their butt onto a jet and just shut the butt on the jet which and let loose a noise that I've I can only describe as either godly or ungodly, heavenly or hellish. So there's that. But I think also an appeal of and again this is like consider who this is coming from. With bubbles and jets, it does hide your body underneath the hot tub. So if you're self-conscious about your body, you don't have to worry about sucking in or people looking at your body. It's just or either way, if, if you're a like woman and you're in a bikini or something and you're in there with like men are in there, you don't have to worry at them about them staring at you. you know? So I do see the appeal too that having the bubbles is appealing, okay? However, I find it the bubbles make it it's harder to hear each other talk, hear one another talk, which if you listen to this podcast at all, the format alone shows you that I love to talk. No guests. So there's that. Also, another appeal of the hot tub, it is there is something therapeutic or medicinal. It's good for your body, where as I've gotten older, I, I've grown to appreciate this and to, uh, start chalking up different... um physical deformities in my life is that it does loosen up your muscles and make you feel good so i appreciate all that the issue that i have with hot tubs is that i can only be in there for a short period of time before i get dizzy or like lightheaded or just uncomfortable you know what i mean so i like a hot tub for maybe five or ten minutes and then and then what and then what do I do? Right? Like I have to now go into the pool to cool off. And that's always horribly uncomfortable. Where you can't go from... Like, to go from hot tub to pool is... It, it's like being demoted. You know? Where you're just in this spot that it feels like... Oh God, the heat is so good. And now I'm just going to be cold and uncomfortable in these the still waters of the pool. However... There are few things, the vice versa of this, there are few things that feel better than going from a swimming pool into a hot tub, dare I say. Now, this is interesting. My my mother-in-law was saying yesterday that she saw 15-year-olds eating cake (laughs) in the hot tub which is which completely debunks everything that i just said really where th- there's no exclusivity you know like in a hot tub it's supposed to be a grown-up place you know like kids in a hot tub it's just it's weird also i think it's not healthy for them to go in there but 15 year olds this is what happens when you inter- when you when you allow teenagers to enter a hot tub space they they just can't help it but eat cake And this is the problem. We're letting them eat cake. We antoinette this whole operation. There are a few things. I can't imagine more foods that would be more problematic getting into a hot tub than a piece of birthday cake. Right? Because it would break apart in a way. Like a pizza... Other than maybe a topping, like the, its toppings, I think a pizza would stay together fairly well in a hot tub where you could scoop out a pizza slice pretty easily, right? Whereas with, like, maybe cereals would be a problem. When, when it starts becoming its and bits, but cereal, I feel like you can, like, it's not that invasive. A piece of cake, like a big chunk of cake, fall into a hot tub did not see the section going this way but we're we're going to keep going with it a, pea, a a slice of cake getting into the hot tub would be it would break apart but in a way I think it would come into chunks i believe the sponge of the cake would kind of disintegrate but like spread into the like the layers of a cake I think, are just so problematic if they spilled into a pool, right? Because it wouldn't just say, oh, here's this chunk of cake. It would fall into pieces of the the sponge. Sprinkles would spread across the hot tub. Chunks of clumps, dare I say, of ice cream everywhere. Chocolate chips in that cake? My God. They could melt. Didn't even think about that. The chemical changes that would under... I wonder what would happen if I just dropped, maybe I'll just bring a Hershey bar into the the hot tub with me today and just defiantly drop it in and see what the hell happens. I wouldn't even, you wouldn't even believe me if I told you. You wouldn't even believe me. So that's that. Oh, and then some hot tubs even, like, you get in one and then you wind up in 1964. Like, what even happened here? What was, what if, like, the premise of Hot Tub Time Machine just, I couldn't even wrap my head around it? I'm sorry. So the hot tub. Was it a time machine or a hot tub? Which, Like first. Was it a hot tub that they added the time machine technology to? Yes. Or was it a time machine with a hot tub in it? Now that would be. That's a status symbol. symbol, symbol. That is the ultimate blue check to bring this podcast full circle. A time machine with a hot tub in it. Now, when you time travel, and this is the final, this is the final section. When you time travel, are you moving at a very fast speed or do you just go or do you just transport? You know what I'm saying? Because if it's just like blink, blink, you're here, you're there. Then I really wouldn't to be honest worry about the hot worry about a hot tub being in a time machine. However, if you're moving at light speed, the hot tub, the water is going to fucking spill everywhere. It's going to get on the instruments in the, and by, and by that, I mean, I would also have live music if I had a hot tub in my time machine. So it would get all over the woodwinds and the brass instruments would rust for sure. It would also get all over the instruments of the time machine, you know, like the levers, the levers, the lovers, and the mothers. It's pretty complicated. That's all I'm saying. Folks, you've been listening to Blake's takes for God's sakes. I am going to be Oh, I'm gonna be performing in Vale, uh, Vale, Colorado. I'm doing a little guest set on um a stand up show here. Eddie Ift is the headliner, and it is at Where is this show? The Shakedown Bar in Vail Village, Colorado. And uh, that is the Vail Comedy Show April 6th, which is a Thursday show time, 8 p.m. Also, I will be doing... Raleigh, North Carolina. I will be performing at Goodnight's Comedy Club there the April 14th and the April 15th. So please come out to see that. And then this summer, first weekend of June, I believe, I am performing at a Blue Ridge Comedy Club in Bristol, Tennessee, brother, right across the street from Bristol, Virginia. Don't get them twisted. And I hope you have a great day. This has been Blake's. This has been Blake's. For Blake, take for God's sake, patrons talk to you this weekend the rest of you sons of guns see you next week